Welcome to the Crossways Podcast, a podcast where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. I'm your host, Jonathan Germany, and with me is my great friend, Joshua Fowler. This podcast is a podcast part of the Ministry League Network of Podcasts and brought to you by Holly Hill Church of Christ and Goodwood Church of Christ. We're glad you're here. What's up, man? Oh, living the dream, <laughs> which means unpacking. It's it's a dream. It's more of like a nightmare to unpack, but it's a dream. So I'm living the dream. Unpacking's better than packing. Uh, I'll give you that. Unpacking is much better than packing. Um, packing is the worst. Uh, unpacking, at least, as you're taking things out of a box, everything gets to find a new happy little location where it can live for all of its life. Yeah. Um, Except when you pack up things and now you're going, I don't know where that is. And it's like important stuff are things that you just bought that are kind of expensive. And, and there's always that last box that you loaded, right? Which is the box full of just all the stuff I didn't feel like packing until the last minute. And then it's this just jumbled mess of miscellany. You are not wrong. You are not wrong. And uh, then you find out you left, you know, the guest bedroom side rails to the bed. And, you know, and you can't put a bed together. So that's always fun. Uh, who needs a bed? Beds are overrated. They can sleep on the floor. The mattress on the floor. That's what we've done right now. The mattress is just laying on the floor. It'll be Sheets a little while before on. we have guests anyway, right? No. 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 Well, we have guests this weekend, and then we'll have guests oh. the next weekend. So it's not going to be very long until we have guests. Oh, well. Um, okay. So you're at least in the central time zone, right? So when I say oh. good morning, it is actually still oh, morning for you. It is good morning. I am Welcome so to heaven. thankful. Yeah. Oh, I'm so thankful to be back on central time. Uh, no, nothing against my Kentucky peeps out there, but man, you can keep your Eastern time. It's uh, it's it's weird, isn't it? The way time zones really affect us. An hour or two here isn't so bad, uh, but you know when we get ready to call Dustin, who's in uh, Okinawa, it's like okay, so I have to go twelve plus four or twelve plus three, depending on because they don't do daylight savings time over there. So trying to keep track of exactly what time it is when we're calling him, um, like you add two or three hours. And then change AM to PM. So it's a it's a challenge trying to figure out: Am I calling him in the middle of the night, or in the middle of the day, or? Fun did stuff. I just did I just wake him up? <laughs> right, and I I can almost guarantee you I didn't just wake him up because they just don't sleep over there very often. Yeah, but that's cool. New place. Uh, yeah. New things going on. How was the first Sunday at uh, at the church there? Oh, first Sunday was great. Uh, I got to sit in on a class. Actually, I sat in for like, I would say, 70% of one class and then hopped over to the middle school class or the high school class, got high school class, and then was in there for the last couple minutes of that class just so I could say hi to everybody. And um, Did, did anybody make fun of you for hopping? No, they didn't. They didn't, and I hopped. I legitimately hop, hop, hopped. Hop. And uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And then, but it was good. Service was good. Uh, we had two services. Um, 
we go back to one service, June 6. So right now we have uh, an early service and, uh, and the regular time service. Um, this Sunday we have our senior, uh, senior Sunday. So we'll be doing a, an abbreviated class and then using part of class time for our seniors. And um, we're going to give them a little gift. And then after our second service, have lunch. So I'm excited about that. So good thing. But, and I preach both services uh, this coming Sunday. And, well, of uh, course. I mean, the youth minister has to preach on Senior Sunday. Correct. That's like, that's like written in like 14th Chronicles, right? Something like yes. that. I think Book of Philippians uh, is another one. Philippians, so. right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's cool. It, I mean, it is, it's such a challenge, isn't it? I was talking with this about this with Aaron when, you know, one of your first Sundays is Senior Sunday. And so you're called to present this, you know, this big momentous occasion for these kids who you have just met. <laughs> and, um, it always makes for an interesting way uh, to begin, but that's cool. Yeah, um, so, new beginnings. Yeah, uh, I think always my, fun. Absolutely, my plan isn't to give them like a little, oh, here's everything a graduate needs to know kind of sermon. It it'll be a, I would say a quote quote normal topic, but I'll definitely be able to put in there some things about, you know, for them. Right. And uh, I and I was actually just met with the elders last night and I said, hey, uh, you know, I know we read this little about me thing for all the seniors and we pass out, you know, gifts and stuff. and We pray. I said, I can I can hand them the gift. But I said, it'll it won't mean much to them if I read their about me page or, you know, read the little. Hey, here's about this senior. I said, if you all do that, I said, that'll mean more to them because they don't know who I am yet. And I said, you know, if y'all say the prayer, that would be good too. I said, I can hand them the gift because they're not going to remember who hands them the gift. They'll, they'll remember who talked about them and hugged on them and prayed over right. them. So, yeah, it's a, I think there's a lot of, uh, there's an importance there about that transition that uh, maybe we take for granted or don't really recognize sometimes. But absolutely. Um, that's cool. Good stuff. Well, we're looking at a, uh, uh, we've been kind of looking at some things that have come around contentment, uh, maybe talking here in a, a few weeks about, you know, addiction, how to avoid addiction, the different kinds of addiction that uh, kind of plague our society. We have a tendency to believe that those things exist outside the church, but don't really affect the church very much. Uh, but the truth is it's a, it's a, it's a global issue. And we've got to be able to deal with it in the churches as well as Christians. Make sure we're working against it in our own lives. So kind of looking forward to those episodes coming up. I think they'll be really helpful. Absolutely. Uh, but today we're going to talk about contentment. We've hinted around at it and beat, beat around the bush a little bit. <laughs> Mentioned it a few times. Um, today we're going to look at keys to uh, contentment. And just to kind of set the stage, uh, what is contentment? to you what does it mean to be oh, content such a great question and for those who are watching time in too we'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on contentment because growing up i was all you know i always kind of looked at contentment as just being happy with what i already had and and i'll say that that's a part of it but it's not the complete definition it's not just oh i'm I have enough. I don't need any more. I'm good. 
for me is now more just being realizing that through God I have everything I you know I have everything I need you know through his power I can do what I needs to be done and I don't need any more than him and what he provides now that still might mean I have to strive for more growth or more things so I can bless the kingdom but I think contentment has to be viewed through the eyes of God's blessings and kingdom work for us to have that full definition. Yeah, dictionary.com says a state of happiness and satisfaction. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like, it's like, oh, that's disappointing. Uh, very, very plain. I, I think there is something very. Happiness and satisfaction. I can be content um, and not be happy. Absolutely. Right? Uh, satisfaction may be m more kind of along the lines with what it means to be content, at least spiritually, with, with within Christian circles. Um, but for me, it is this, this presence in the moment that understands where I am now, I am good with. That doesn't mean that I desire to be better, more, or different in the future, uh, but I am good with where I am right now. And instead of being concerned about where I was and being concerned about where I will be, I'm going to be concerned about what I can do in this moment with what I have in this moment, and what am I supposed to learn and gain from my present circumstance. Um, so when, when Paul writes in, uh, you know, Philippians 413, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, it comes after this big section on contentment where he says, I've learned to be content in all things, in plenty, in need, in health, in illness, um, in prison, in freedom. He's been danger all over, in danger from all sides of life and affected by all sides of life. Then um, he goes, but I've learned how to be content even in those things. And so it really is just this presence in the moment that says, um, how can I engage what God has given me here um, and to be okay with what God has given me here? And what am I supposed to learn and how am I supposed to grow from it? Um, and it's not, a, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to, uh, to be here. And we spent a little bit of time introducing this, which means we're a little bit behind, but uh, I think we can get there. So what are some, some things we need to talk about if – if we say, Jonathan, how do I gain contentment in my own life? Um, <laughs> what are some What are some keys to attaining that? Yeah, well, I think first of all, in order for you to be content, I think you kind of have to be honest with yourself, be honest with what's going on, and, and that takes being present in the moment. You mm -hmm. know, if, if we're always worried about what's next. We're always worried about, oh, what am I missing out on? You know, we have a four-month-old in Kaysen, and Kaysen is just, oh, he's a, a wonderful baby. Uh, I, I'm j I just am worried what the, we're not pregnant again, but I'm worried what the second child is going to be like because he, he doesn't fuss too much. He, he sleeps through the night. He just chills when he's awake. But he fights sleep so hard, not in a fussy way, 
but in just looking around and trying to take it all in because he doesn't want to miss out. <laughs> he has serious FOMO, you know, serious FOMO. fear of missing out. And sometimes that fear of missing out for us causes us to miss what we're actually experiencing presently. And we're, and we're not c content in that manner because we're always waiting for, oh, I can't wait for this next moment. Uh, and we were, we were warned when we had a, a child to not wish away the moments that are, we're presently experiencing with Kaysen. To never say, oh, I can't wait for him to start walking. Well, no. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the stage of life he's at right now. And I, that's a simple explanation for, you know, parenting. But in life, don't be so focused on what's next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the presence you know, is, is vital that I can, I can be so concerned with, uh, with what is coming and that can be fear. That can be anticipation. It can be anxiety. Um, it doesn't have to be a negative emotion about what is to come, uh, that sometimes we can be so anticipatory. That's not a word. I just made it up. That's a great um, word. That, that we forget that there are things that we have to accomplish now. Yeah. Um, you know, you think about going on a trip, right? If if we have got a big trip to Disney World planned and we are all there, we have our tickets, we have our magic bands, we know where we're staying, everything is set up and we are so focused on what we're going to do at the park, what we're going to go see first, what trip we're going to make um, that you forget to pack. Right. Because there are still things that have to be done to prepare <laughs> or this is where I find myself. I'm getting ready to be on. A, we're leaving on Tuesday, and we're going to be gone until the Saturday uh, before the Sunday that I have to preach next. If I don't prepare before I leave, half of my vacation is going to be spent trying to prepare a sermon. Um, if I don't do the things that need to be done while I'm gone, much of my vacation is going to be spent on the phone, walking people through things, things that I should have taken care of. And so it can be something celebratory. You know, that we are looking forward to be positive. It can be negative, but they cause us to be outside of the present. Um, and in order, if we're going to be content, we have to be present in the moment. We have to have a focus on what we have uh, going on. Um, you know, Hebrews 12, Paul says, hey, focus on Christ and run with perseverance the race that is marked out for you. Um, I can't run your race and you can't run mine as much as I would like to. And so we really have to focus on um, the race that we have to run. I think what your dad says here is pretty good as well. Um, to be able to see the big picture. Yeah. Uh, Paul knew that his present circumstances could, could not affect his ultimate outcome. Um, and that focus of eternity, there is a focus there on the race that I have to run. And uh, it's important to maintain. Oh yeah. And, and you mentioned running the race, uh, I'm reminded, you know, just say we were in, you know, we saw a runner who was, who was running a race and they were doing really well and then they just stopped. <laughs> I'm happy with how much I've ran now. I'm good. Now that, you know, that's, that's not contentment. Contentment is like, Hey, you're still running a race. Be present in the moment in the task you've been given, which is finish the race, run it with endurance, mm -hmm. strive to keep, keep doing better. Yeah, I, I remember uh, when I was on the swim team, and it never happened. 
So maybe I didn't do good. Maybe I never did it well enough. But our coaches <laughs> always drilled into us. If you don't finish a race without the inability to pull yourself up out of the pool, then you didn't swim hard enough. If you don't need help getting up out of the pool where like someone has to grab your arm and pull you up out of the water, you didn't swim hard enough. Now, I never had that problem. I could always just be like, okay, put my hand on, on that wall and just hop up. Um, I also weighed like a, a hundred pounds and that was about it. But I never was so tired. I couldn't lift myself out of the water. And, but their point was on the end, you need to give it everything you have. Stri you know, in that, and that's just striving for, I'm going to give it my all because it's what I've been given and run with endurance, mm -hmm. run hard and finish that race strong. Don't just say, Oh, I'm good enough. Yeah, I think I can only think of one time in my track career that I finished a race and collapsed. Um, and I and I won a lot of races um, growing up in track and field. Uh, I was a I was a good miler. I went to a small school uh, in a small district, and so I didn't have a whole lot of. I had a lot of competition, but it wasn't like the Texas relays type competition. We weren't running. Uh, four minute miles by any ch chance they stretch of the imagination. <laughs> um, but the, the one race that I was just spent, I ended up getting fifth. Um, and I was so mad at myself because I was winning the race until the last lap. And um, somebody passed me right as we started the last lap and three more people passed me as I was crossing the finish line. Uh, but it was the first race I ever ran where I ran um, a, a sub five minute mile. Oh, wow. Um, but it was, there was a, there was a huge headwind coming home and just the, the amount of effort that it took, uh, was, I was just completely sapped. I crossed the finish line. I kind of fell over and I laid down the infield for 10 minutes because I could not physically move. Yeah. That's um, dope. but because of the pursuit, you know, because of that continuing to strive, like when, when those people passed, I didn't just quit. Because you can't just no, I give up. Yeah, this is not what I came for. I'm out. Um, I also think about that. Uh, was it the British uh, runner who tore his hamstring in the middle of his race, and his dad comes out on the track and picks him up, and they finish the race together. Yeah. Um, just that beautiful image of now. This is my race. It's my race to run. I'm going to fix it, no matter what it takes. I'm going to finish it, no matter what it takes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've also seen times when someone gets so worried. And you know this from running, and I know this from swimming. You focus on you. You focus on what's ahead of you, and you focus on your lane or, or your path. Mm -hmm. The moment, you know, for, for me as a swimmer, if I were to breathe and look backwards to see where the person was or to tilt my head backwards underwater, what happens? Drag. Right. And then I, and I, I slow down milliseconds. But, you know, or even if I slow down half a second, um, that's a body length mm -hmm. in swimming. At, you know, you, you think, you know, a second is multiple body lengths and when right. we are swimming fast enough. And uh, so this is just that little bit can cost a race. I've seen people, you know, runners and track, when they turn around, all of a sudden someone passed them up because drag. Because right. they weren't focused on you. You weren't focused on your mm -hmm. path and not worried about whatever whatever else is going on.
yeah, fixing fixing your eyes right there in front. Um, my my track coach used to sit behind. You just fix your eyes on the hips of the runner in front of you and reel them in, just like you're fishing. Um, <laughs> and then and then once you get there, you find the next one and you just reel them in. And it's this it, focus on what is before you. You can't change. You really can't change what's behind you. Um, you can't change much about what's ahead of you, uh, but we can focus in the moment about the next things that are to come. Yeah. You know, and be present, uh, focusing on the race you have to run. I have been so plagued over the last year uh, with this next thing we're going to talk about, and that's avoiding comparison. Yes. Um, you know, with so many churches being online and us being a presence online in a in a big way and in a different way um, over the last year, it has been so hard to not compare myself whether it's the production or the level of my preaching ability or teaching ability, how many people are engaging, how many views um, a service or a sermon is getting, uh, or even a podcast, right? <laughs> um, you know, but just to just say, look, God has given me a path through which I can serve his people. And, you know, if I'm called to serve, you know, a handful, then I need to serve that handful with all of my ability. Um, and not to be in this boat of comparing myself to what someone else is doing. Uh, I have something to do. I have a calling to fulfill, and that may not might not be the same as someone else's. Someone else has another path. And when we get in that boat of comparing ourselves to other people, number one, it's not fair. Uh, but number two, it is really difficult, I'd say impossible, uh, to be content when I am comparing myself to what other people around me have. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've had any of those same kind of temptations or challenges. Never, never. <laughs> I mean, I'm only, you know, buying new cameras and new tripods and new lights, and I have these lights behind me. Of course, that never came from someone else's that I saw online. But no, but, but honestly speaking, that's a challenge. And, and I, I can even remember... Not just comparison, but being too worried about what other people think. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm a three, so it happens. But <laughs> I remember asking, uh, talking to, to a mentor of mine, and I was talking about this topic, and he said, why does that matter? Why do you care? And I said, well, because this, this, and this. And he goes, why does that matter? Mm -hmm. So what? And he goes, does God think you are being faithful does are you measuring up to god's standards if they don't have if they have a problem with you he goes but you're doing what what you're called to do and you're and you're following god and you're in your and you're living up to god's standards that's really all that matters and that was a, a hard thing for me to to i want to say accept but for me to be comfortable with yeah embrace yeah, to embrace. That's the word I was looking for. Because that because that changes your mindset. Because no longer is it, oh, I got we got to I got to look good. I got to you know at least be accepted by the masses. Mm -hmm. So no one thinks I'm what incapable. No one thinks I'm not good enough. No one thinks I, I'm not qualified, or or whatever. But man, if we're putting out, if if I'm doing what I'm called to do, and I'm being a good ambassador for Christ, 
so I mean, so what if something doesn't go as well, you know, aesthetically? Now that's hard for me because I like aesthetics, <laughs> right? But it's so easy to look at somebody else and say, "Look at what they're doing." Yeah, and, and we'll I talk about uh, talk about this some a little more in a moment. We'll talk about zeal, but yes. it doesn't mean that we don't try to do things well. Correct. Um, yeah. But I want to do things well because I have an expectation of what I will do. Yeah. It's not that I want to do things well because so and so does it pretty well, and I need to be on par with so and so. Um, it's because I want it to be, you know, up to par for my standards. Yes. Um, so we've had, you know, be present in the moment, focus on your own path, your own race, avoiding comparison, um, and then challenging negative thoughts. What do you do with negative thoughts? Um, I dwell on them and obsess about them and play out every single scenario. Okay, not the answer I was looking for, but I do appreciate <laughs> no. your honesty. But 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 no, but but let's just be real. I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. That's that's what we tend to do. That's what I do, and and, and that's some of my anxiety. That's some of the the, uh, the you know ADD also kind of come com, you know combined with that anxiety. But how I cope with them whenever I'm in a, a better state of mind is you you almost have to to ask the question, and this is basic psychology this is this basic very superficial limited knowledge that i have from undergrad stuff and from from counseling is is when you you have the what do i feel and what do i know you know i i tell mm -hmm. that to some of our kids sometimes when they're like Man, my parents hate me okay you feel your parents hate you what do you know now Maybe their parents are, are deadbeats, but in this case, they're not. And it's like, what do you know? Your parents take care of you. They come to all your games. They provide food for you. Whenever you need help, they're always answering that call. They're always assisting you. You don't like the decision they just made, but you know they've done everything to take care of you. But right now, you feel they hate you. What you feel and what you know don't match up. Let's challenge that negative thought, and let's feel, you know, let's figure out where that that gap is and let's find a way to bridge that gap and know that man i know i'm feeling this way but it's really not what i know and i need to kind of figure out how to complement those two things to get back to a, a place of peace so yeah and i've had to make um whether it's we'll just go with vehicles and homes for right now Right. So, you know, I drive a 98 TJ and it is a really cool little Jeep. Uh, it really is. Uh, but there is so much wrong with it. <laughs> Nothing vital. Um, I mean, the airbag lights on. I need to change the um, I just lost the name, the little ring in the middle, which also means that the turn signals don't work and the hazard uh, the turn signals work, but they don't cancel. So I got to cancel them on my own. Um, check engine lights on because I need to put a new thermostat in it because it never gets up to what it considers to be operating temperature. It doesn't get there quickly enough. Um, my oil pressure sensor broke off in the block. So when I was removing it, I was using an, uh, an extractor and then the extractor broke off in the hole that the oil pressure sensor was in. Thankfully, it sealed when it broke off. Um, but I have no oil pressure gauge, which means my check gauge's light is on. It doesn't start right away. 
um, and it's easy for me to just dwell on everything negative that's going on. And then I see someone pull up beside me in a new Rubicon and it's got a nice little lift kit. Everything is brand new. And it's like, oh, how badly I want one of those new ones. <laughs> um, and then without fail, someone will kind of roll down the window and say, man, that is a cool little Jeep. What year is that? It's a 98. It's like, oh, man, no way. It's in great shape. Yeah. As far as you know, it is in great shape. Um <laughs> You know, it's clean. It's got low miles. Um, it's very unique. But so it's easy for me to miss what it is that that you have when you get so focused on what others have and those negative thoughts are, and what I don't have. And those negative thoughts come in about what I, I do have. Like I see everything I do have. I see that I need new floors. I see see that when they put carpet in the house when we bought it they bought the cheapest carpet they could find and it needs to be replaced i see um light fixtures that need to be repaired and siding that needs to be pressure washed and a deck that needs to be uh, renewed so i see everything that's wrong with what i have and then i see what someone else has this goes back to some of that comparison and i start wondering so what did they have to do to get what they have that i don't and why don't i get what they have so don't, yeah. don't i deserve that yeah. Um, so what I've challenged myself to do is when I experience those negative emotions, those negative thoughts, um, is to learn to celebrate um, the victories that others have had in order to get what they have. Mm -hmm. um, and when I have negative thoughts about my own existence is to stop and look around and find the positive to dwell on. Um, you know, yes. You know, this needs to be fixed and moved and changed. Um, but what are some things that have transpired in my life because of what I do have in this same space? Yeah. And so to change that thought, to move it from the negative to the positive, um, makes it easier uh, to be content uh, in those in those moments. Oh, yeah. Now, now let me ask you, um, with your deck, uh, is it easier to be content now because lumber prices have, have went through the roof? Oh, my goodness gracious. You're like, um, okay, I don't need it so bad after all. <laughs> well, so it's the outer portion of my deck that is always in the weather. And so I have a header on my patio cover that is now just um, rotten. Oh, no. And so lights, it's not structural, right? I mean, the structure is all still there. But that outside edge, you know, it's just falling apart. And then the, the boards on the outside part of the deck are, are so waterlogged that they're kind of falling apart as well, which also means splinters. Um, and they're actually, there's actually like holes in the deck that they need to be fixed. So um, it makes it easier to not buy the wood to fix it. Um, but still, every time I go out, it's like, uh, that needs to be done really bad. <laughs> um, I get you. But yeah, you. Uh, lumber prices times three is is a brutal reality for us right now. So yeah. um, I'm just going to lay a tarp down and then I don't have to see it, right? But then you see it. That's the way to be <laughs> But there's like, oh, that tarp. <laughs> see the tarp. <laughs> it's always something. Always something. Hey, but in Louisiana, at least you'll um, be fit in with everybody else. It's about to be, you know, in a few months, it'll be hurricane season. And you might as well just have a blue tarp on your house anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. We've got to be due for a calm hurricane season, man. It has been, the last few years has been terrible. I hope so. Been crazy. I hope so. 
So what about this last thing, this um, zeal and contentment? Because we, we, we mentioned, you know, we still have that desire to do our best, to improve, to be excited about stuff. You know, for me, it's, you know, I like my technology stuff. And so I like to improve it. Uh, I like to constantly get better mm -hmm. at it. But that also means I might have to have a, a fewer nicer things. My problem is where's the balance between being patient and content with what I have currently and not going out and saying, oh, I need all of the new stuff and all of the gear tomorrow. You know why? You know, and it's having that real, you know, reality set in saying, I can buy one thing every couple months, or you know, one thing a year, and slowly build up to it, where I can still keep doing quality work and be and have good zeal for that quality work, without having the need to then go back to that comparison. Well, so and so just bought you know eighty grand worth of of tech, and I can't buy a thousand dollars. And then, you know, it's one of those, how can we have that zeal with still allowing a life of contentment to take place? Yeah. And I think you have to be honest with yourself. Um, and, you know, with things, it's one thing, um, you know, with physical things, material things, you know, I think it's a different answer. I think the biggest issue for us comes uh, spiritually speaking. Um, and with things that maybe aren't as quantifiable. Uh, and so I have to ask myself the question, um, if the answer is no, will I be okay with this? Um, that there is, there is no, there's no aspiration or there's no sin in aspiration. There's no sin in a desire to be better, bigger, stronger, um, you know, more adept, particularly in spiritual things. But if the answer is no, do I have the ability to continue to function and function well and function in peace and in fulfillment? I like that. If this is the place where I will always be, can I be okay with that and, and serve faithfully? And, and maybe we have some semblance of, of that same kind of an answer that's true for physical things as well, material things, um, that you can want some things, but if you don't ever get them, are, are you still able to really engage life in the same way yeah you know even if you never get x y or z uh, i would like to re just reword that question just slightly because i well i think it's actually two different questions one will i be and mm -hmm. if the answer is no then the next question needs to be how can i be yeah because there, there is no option we can't just say if i don't get this i give up and I quit. So if, if, if I, if I can, maybe it's, you know, honestly answering in this, in my present mindset, no, I won't be able to handle it. But I know no is not acceptable. <laughs> yeah. So how can I get to a point where I can be okay? And that, well, that, I think, that, that's a hard question. I think about the rich young ruler, right? And uh, <laughs> Matthew, you know, so, you know, he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus gives him a list of commands. He goes, awesome. Done Kept it. all Check. those. And he says only one more thing. Um, sell everything you have, give to the poor. And, then you and the guy went away sad because 
he was a man of great wealth. Uh, and it wasn't because he was wealthy, but it was because he was in a place where he couldn't live without that. Um, and I think that's really where we have to avoid is, is getting so wrapped up into something, whether it's material things or uh, whether it's relationships or whether it's a position at a, at a company, um, but that our, our identity is found in something else. Uh, so that we can pursue, we can aspire, we can desire for more. Uh, but if that answer is no, this is right where I want you, and this is right where you can be most effective. Can we develop the ability to not only be okay with it, uh, but to be fruitful in it? Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's the kind of the second part about that is, I can be okay about a lot of things, but God doesn't ask me to just be okay. You know, He asks me to be invested, wholly invested. And it goes back to life's really not about me. As much as I really like it to be about me, I mean, <laughs> it's not about me. Why does it keep coming down to that? Like everything I've read in Scripture, everything I've taught, everything I've preached has always come around to this truth. Josh, it's, it's not about you. Um. Maybe there's a lesson I need to learn in there yeah, somewhere. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm asking the same question because I don't like hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brutal. Well, man, you have any uh, kind of thoughts to wrap up and close up? We actually caught up with our notes today. It's a, maybe a first. Right. Well, I mean, right on the dot. I know. That, uh, that's never it's happened impressive. before. And um, I, I would say just. Focus on these things, the being present, focusing on your own path, avoiding comparison, and challenging those negative thoughts. And, and maybe you're good at one, maybe you're good at two, maybe you're good at three, but my guess is, and uh, you're not good at all of them. Uh, there's probably one that you're weaker at than others. Maybe there's several that you're weaker at. And focus on one this week, this, this month, well, I'll say for the next 30 days because this month's almost over. And just feel like, hey, I I know I'm I'm I could use some improvement in this area, and be and and take that zeal and apply it to being able to be content. <laughs> Look at that, you know, we can be zeal and and how we can be content, and, and realize that with contentment is great godliness, and we're all supposed to be more like Jesus, and finding out ways we can better serve the kingdom. So that's what I would say. Yeah, that uh. Sometimes, uh, you know, being like Jesus is really tough. And so Paul says, well, that's okay. Emulate me as I emulate Christ. And I'm, Yeah, that's better. And then I look at Paul's life. And that's still really challenging. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thanks, Paul. But, that's not helpful. <laughs> that's right. Like, but there is, uh, but what I do appreciate uh, with both the life of Jesus and the life of Paul is you really see the struggle. Um, in both of them, you know, to to live the life of godliness and to live in God's will. You see it with Jesus, especially in the garden, as he is laboring over the choice that lies before him. Yeah. Um, you see it really come to life in Paul in Romans chapter 7, when he's really open about that struggle with the presence of sin and evil yeah. um, in the life of the flesh. Uh, and well, I think the thorn in the, fl the, thorn in the flesh, too. Uh, yeah. I, I really think he, he, he got that. So he would stay content and not get arrogant. I think that was the act. I mean, the, the whole purpose was to be like, mm, Paul, you need something to, <laughs> you need something in your life that's not going to go well. 
And that's never yeah. going to get better. Yeah. Like so much of Paul's life went really well. Well, yeah. Well, not. Yeah. Whippings, lashings, shipwrecked, yeah. imprisoned, bitten yeah. by snakes. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so. Thanks. No, thanks. You know, maybe that uh, that passage in First uh, Corinthians 12 is good. My grace is sufficient for you. You can keep asking, but the answer is going to be the same. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Um, and, uh, you know, we see that lived out and played out, and I think that really is the path to contentment. So, definitely. Sounds good, man. Definitely. Good stuff. Well, hey, as we close, we want to thank you for joining us on the Crossways podcast. We talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. We want to remind you of 1 Peter 2, verse 21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. We want to thank, again, the Ministry League for allowing us to be part of their network of podcasts. And this time, and unlike our intro, um, these videos are brought to you by Goodwood and now Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. We're so glad to have those guys behind us. We'll see you guys next week.